Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. I tell you what, we had a tough loss this past week, didn't we, against our hated rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. But next week, we're going to be back on top. And uh, I feel like it's been a little while since we've seen hits like that. But uh, it's going to be coming this Sunday, I believe. So next Sunday is our black and gold Sunday. So we encourage every one of you to, to wear your Pittsburgh Steelers jerseys, to wear your black and gold if you want to Pirates or celebrate the Penguins because their season's coming up as well. Uh, and uh, after service, we're going to have our food day. We're going to have some, some uh, barbecue wings. And we're asking every one of you to bring a side dish with you, a tailgate-inspired side dish with you uh, to enjoy after service next week. And uh, it's going to be a great day. Also, a quick reminder that right after service today is our final Life Group's open house. If you have not signed up for a Life Group yet, please make sure that you visit the open house right after service to your left outside the doors here and uh, sign up and meet some group leaders and have some snacks for us. Uh, We're going to move into our giving moment real quick. So if our service host would come forward, you know, we're just so thankful for every one of you who gives. You know, I look every week, uh, you know, I get an email that tells me about our giving and how we're doing. And I just want to let you know that we're thankful for every one of you who give your tithes and who are obedient to God in that. Malachi 3.10 says to to bring the tithe into the storehouse and and that God will bless you with your giving. He's going to bless you. He actually said to test him in it. So if you're on the wire, on the fence thinking about whether or not you should be giving or maybe things are hard for you, I want to encourage you to continue to be obedient to God because he will not only bless you, he will take this church and do incredible things and bring lives, bring hope to the lives and the hurting and the lost in our community. So let's pray and thank God uh, for what he's doing. Also, there are two ways for you to give. One is the basket's going to come by in just a moment and also you can give easily on our website, encounterpgh.com. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your goodness and for your life and what you've given to us, the gifts that you've given to us. You are so generous with us. And thank you for every person who's generous in this building and this, a part of this church doing something amazing for what you are doing, Lord. Take, pray that you'll take every gift that you would multiply it so that it would grow so that more people can know you and that we can continue doing the great work that you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. As the baskets uh, come around, please turn your eyes to the screen for this week's preview. There's a storm coming. You sound like you're looking forward to it. I'm adaptable. Gotham's reckoning.
warned me about getting into cars with strange men. This isn't a car. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jared Lanza. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter Church, and I'm so grateful to see every one of you here today. Uh, we are right in the middle of our God in the Movie series, and it is exciting. Last week, we uh, watched the very first uh, movie of our, of our series called The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, and we discussed some of the themes found in there, particularly about the journey of faith and how God is calling us to, to go on a journey with him and that he will be with us, he will protect us, and he will guide us, and it will take us to incredible places we could never have imagined. But today we're going to be exploring the themes found in the movie The Dark Knight Rises. How many of you have seen The Dark Knight Rises? Okay, so over half of you. Um, it is an incredible film concluding a trilogy that is really took the, the whole series of the Batman series, the concept of Batman, to a whole other level. And uh, this movie has some just incredible themes, particularly today we're going to be exploring the themes of pain and fear. And uh, while it will be a little bit of a, of a, a little bit of a heavier feeling message, I want you to track with me, okay, because I believe that today is a powerful day. Uh, I believe that God has a message for you and for me, and he wants to release us from things. I believe that every one of us are carrying things inside of us from our past that we need to be able to break free from and move forward from, uh, move forward in today. So uh, let's, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and roll the film and let's get started. I remember when they were filming The Dark Knight Rises right here in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh. I would walk to work every day and see set pieces for the movie being filmed all over the city. They even took the streets and put fake snow on the streets to turn a hot, summery afternoon into a wintry urban landscape. It was all so surreal. The ability that movies have to create fictional worlds is amazing. Unfortunately, life doesn't work like the script of a movie. Things don't always go the way that we plan them to or even hope that they will. You know, in movies, People get to go home with smiles on their faces, knowing that everything worked out in the end, but life doesn't work like that, unfortunately. But real life is hard. It's not always pie in the sky or comfortable. People let us down, we lose our jobs, our finances take a hit. Sometimes, life just hits us so hard and it leaves us feeling broken and scarred. Fear can grip us and keep us from moving forward. Sometimes the pain of remembering what happened or the toll that it took on us or our families can be so great that we try to avoid it altogether, creating facades for ourselves and pretending that everything is okay for everyone around us. Unlike in the movies, we have to deal with our past and our fears. It doesn't just go away. Wouldn't it be nice if we could push the rewind button and go back to the scenarios, the situations where we failed or were hurt? change things so we wouldn't have to live with the pain and the fear of it all the time. Change the script, if you will. Well, while we can't change the past, maybe there's a way for us to overcome the pain and fear that we all face and find a way to be able to move forward healthy and hopeful. So, I was on a trip for work. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I remember the day. In the morning, I was uh, training for a company that I had, a job that I had, and I was sent to Atlanta, and I got a phone call from my hotel in the morning, and my wife was in a panic. 
And I'm thinking, what could possibly be this wrong at 7 o'clock in the morning? Well, it turned out that our car was missing, and someone had stolen the car right from the very uh, front yard and took it, ended up totaling it. We came to find out later on that they broke into the car, and silly us, we kept the valet key in the car, which you should never do, but we did. Anyway, they took the car up the road and just joyride and rode it right into sort of an embankment and just severed the... um, the suspension and totally, completely told the car. And so I woke up to that news uh, in Atlanta and that was tough for us. I mean, I was down there for another few days. My poor wife had to deal with it at home while we were going through all the process of figuring out what was happening and what we we're going to do to take care of it. And that set us into sort of probably one of the worst seasons of our life. I remember after that, um, my wife that fall, got laid off from her job. She lost the job that she had been working at hard, very hard for quite a while and was doing a great job, but the company wasn't doing very well. So then we not only were struggling financially in general, we had our car stolen from us and then she lost her job and got, was laid off. And then that following year, um, living in the same home, somebody actually came into our garage and stole the four bikes that we had for my wife, myself, and my two kids. Their bikes were stolen from us, from our house. And, uh, and then shortly beyond that, some other financial things took place. We ended up just in really severe financial turmoil. And this was about a period of nine months to a year that we just battled over and over again. It felt like just time after time, things were happening. Things were going to continue to just erupt in our lives. And it was so frustrating and it was painful. And I'll be honest with you, it took a toll on our family, particularly on my wife and I, because we became a little bit gun shy. You know, I don't know if you've ever found yourself in this kind of a place in your life where you feel like while you are living, you're doing the best that you can, that sometimes it just seems like you got the short end of the stick. You know, like things just just will not stop. When it rains, it pours, and man, it's pouring on me today. And it almost seems like when you're walking along, the cloud is just following you as you go along. And that may be looks different for each of us. I mean, in our, in our life, in our situation, it was a series of events that came along that just sort of felt like we were just being like, you know, crushed and punished over and over again. Not specifically, not literally being punished for anything we did, but it just felt like the world was out to get us and it hurt. But maybe you, you, you find yourself, you know, in the same place or while I talk about this, that you, you can identify with this. Maybe things like betrayal, maybe someone in your life At some point, you know, you can maybe recently or maybe several years ago, you can think back and say, somebody hurt me. I was betrayed by a friend or a family member. Maybe you've gone through heartbreak. You loved someone and they they left you or or they broke your heart and, and maybe that betrayal led to a heartbreak and you've been dealing with that pain. Maybe you had an unexpected loss of a family member or a friend or something, and like in my case, where something that you loved or had or possessed was taken from you unjustly. You know, and it leaves voids in our lives. They leave this pain or a hurt in our life that takes us uh, a long time sometimes to be able to heal through. Or maybe it's even just failures. Maybe you're dealing today and you're thinking back as I talk about this. You look over your life and you might even think, you know what, I feel pretty good in life. But if I were honest with myself, I think there's something 
I look back and I'm reminded right now, maybe God's just bringing it to your attention of something, a failure or something that you're embarrassed of, something that you have worked hard on. It could be anything. It could be betrayals, unexpected loss, heartbreaks, failures. It could be in any number of things. The thing is, is that when something painful happens to us, something sometimes are so scarring, things that, that, that they never fully heal, right? And we move on and we carry these things with us into our lives and we do try to move on. We try to, to be able to, to maybe wash over it and move on so that we don't feel like we're dragged down by it every day. But the unfortunate thing is that oftentimes with these types of situations, we never really deal with them and we end up taking them and carrying them with us and we can get stuck in a time and a place in that time, in that place, our memories, our mind goes back to those places and our wounds, they don't heal and they often stay open. And if anyone ever talks about them or brings it up, it still stings. If you know, you know what I'm talking about, if that's you today. You know, in the movie The Dark Knight Rises, we find a man who is broken and gripped by fear of his past. We know Bruce Wayne, who, spoiler alert, is also Batman. If any of you didn't know that, I'm sorry, I just ruined it for you. But we find Bruce Wayne at the very beginning of The Dark Knight Rises, and he has become a recluse. He is a hermit living in his enormous mansion because, because he has given everything that he had for his city and had to take the weight of the city's wrath on his shoulders because they hate him, because of what they think that he did. He did the best that he could to take care of his city, and he is wearing that weight on his shoulders. And in the process, he lost the woman that he loved. He had to make a choice. If you've seen the movie prior to this, The Dark Knight, he had to make a choice whether he would save the city or the woman that he loved. And because he did the right thing, he lost the woman he loved. So he is now dealing with this incredible pain and this loss that is sitting inside of him. And his body has taken a terrible beating as well. So when we find Bruce Wayne for the very first time, he is a broken and defeated man. And I think that we can learn some things from Bruce. I think that we can learn some things today about pain and about fear from this movie. It has some incredible imagery and some incredible themes that we're going to explore today. And so as we do, let's each consider ourselves and our struggles in this moment. So we're going to watch one clip right now. But as we do, I want, to, I want you to just picture two ways, two primary ways that we deal with fear and that we deal with pain. Let's watch the first one of these. You haven't been down here in a long time. Trying to find out more about our jewel thief. Ran her prints, unless she's lost a lot of weight. She was wearing someone else's fingerprints. She's good. She may be, but we have a trace on the necklace. We do. So I cross-referenced the address she went back to with police data on high-end B and E's. And um, Selena Kyle. Databases are full of close calls, tips from fences, and she's good, but the ground is shrinking beneath her feet. We should send the police before she fences the pearls. She won't. She likes them too much. And they weren't what she was after. What was she after? My fingerprints. It was printed toner, mixed with graphite on the safe. It gives a good pull, and it's untraceable. Fascinating. You two should exchange notes over coffee. So now you're trying to set me up with a jewel thief. At this point, I'd set you up with a chimpanzee if it brought you back to the world. There's nothing out there for me. And that's the problem. You hung up your cape and your cow, but you didn't move on. You never went to find a life, to find someone. Alfred, 
I did find someone. I know, and you lost them. But that's all part of living, sir. But you're not living. You're just waiting, hoping for things to go bad again. Okay, so pop quiz. What do you think is the first way that we deal with pain and struggle? Anybody? Any, any ideas from that clip? Withdrawal. That was a very good answer. Withdrawal. That's exactly right. So what we find here is that Bruce Wayne, in all of his pain, in all of his struggle he's been dealing with, he ends up withdrawing into his home and he goes down into his cave and he's doing some research. He's sort of trying to move on from life in a little bit, but he has completely withdrawn from life. He's withdrawn from his friends. He's withdrawn from life's experiences. And what does that do? He, he ends up becoming completely disconnected from the world. And I think this is what happens to us when we feel the pain of something that is so real or so damaging or hurtful in our lives, this is what we do. We tend to withdraw from life. We, we hide ourselves away because we don't, maybe we feel embarrassed by the situation. Maybe we don't want to have people face us. We don't want to be reminded of the situation. So we back off. We completely take ourselves out of the picture so that people, so that people don't, they, maybe even they just forget about us. The problem is, is that when we withdraw, we learn that it begins to define us. This problem that we deal with, this thing that's caused us pain, keeps us from, from even imagining what our future could be like. I mean, Bruce Wayne decided instead to just back out of life altogether and to completely check out. Is that where you find yourself today? Have you, have you seen that in your own life? Do you have things in your life, that, that pain that has been caused in your life or in your family that has caused you to check out in an area of your life? Maybe a spouse has hurt you. Maybe you had a fight. Maybe it's a family member or a friend or someone that you have not been able to reconcile with and it hurts you because, you've, because you have had that wound that's been there between you and that person. And maybe you've withdrawn from them and you've allowed that situation, you've allowed that problem, whatever it would be, to, to build a barrier between you and that person and it has now defined your relationship. All the things that maybe used to be great about your relationship have now been destroyed because the one thing you define your relationship with is that pain or that problem area. It keeps us from moving forward in life. And ultimately, just like Bruce Wayne, we become a shadow. I mean, Batman no longer was around. He couldn't do the things that he was meant to do in life. He became a shadow. He became literally a shut-in. And in our lives, maybe we're not literally shut-ins, but we become, we become figurative shut-ins. We become, we withdraw so far away from the situations, the people, or the pain that we have found in our lives. So that's one way, one way that we deal with pain and we do, deal with fear. Let's see the second one. Let's watch a clip and see the second. He needs Batman. Commissioner Gordon thinks... Oh, he doesn't know or care who you are. But we've met before. It was a long time ago I was a kid. Uh, St. Swithin's. It used to be funded by the Wayne Foundation. It's an orphanage. My mom died when I was small. It was a car accident. I don't really remember it. But uh, my dad got shot a couple years later over a gambling debt. And I remember that one... Just fine. Not a lot of people know what it feels like, do they? To be angry in your bones. I mean, they understand. 
and foster parents, everybody understands for a while. And then they want the angry little kid to do something he knows he can't do. Move on. So after a while, they stop understanding. They send the angry kid to a boy's home. I figured it out too late. You gotta learn to hide the anger. Practice smiling in a mirror. It's like putting on a mask. And so we find the second way that we we respond to pain and fear. And there may be others. There are others out there of ways that we respond to the things that have hurt us in life. But these are two really prime examples. The first was to withdraw from life, withdraw from people. And the second is to not withdraw. It's actually the opposite. is to put on a mask and to pretend. To pretend. You know, I think often, and this is probably where most of us are. I mean, I don't know anybody in the room here who's really hidden from other people and become a recluse. Most of us, what we do is because we, we know that we need to exist and we have jobs and we have lives, we have to pay the bills and we have our families and all those things. We have obligations and expectations. I think most of us, when we're hurt, we respond this way instead. We put on a mask. We pretend like everything is okay. We want to hide the pain. We keep it inside We don't want to talk about it. We avoid it. So what Blake was saying in this clip was that he had this problem, this pain that was so just rumbling through his body and his bones, but no one wanted to hear about it. And I mean, I think that speaks to who we are as people, that for a while we understand. For a while we understand that that person went through something, but it's time to get over it now and move past it. If you've ever been in a situation where you've just been hurt or something has happened to you, you probably know this feeling, and it's a terrible feeling. It leaves you feeling so alone. And first of all, I want to say that I don't want our church to be that way. I want us to be people that will live life with people in their pain, in their troubles. It's hard. It's hard work. It is such hard work to to live with somebody and to, to walk through their pain and their sorrow with them, but I will tell you that that's what they need the most. But because they often don't receive it, what happens? We put up a mask and smile. We go to work and people are like, how are you doing today? You're like, I'm great. Everything's fine. And inside you're weeping. And what happens is, is that when we put on that mask and we don't allow the, 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 the pain to heal and we don't face it and, and find what, what the problem was and deal with it and address it, what happens is, is that even though we have a nice smile on the outside, we are rotting away on the inside like a tree. Have you ever seen a hollow tree? A hollow tree is exactly that. It's hollow because it's dead. It died on the inside. And that's what happens to us if we don't deal with our pain. When we put up the masks and we pretend, we end up, it shapes us and we become a totally different person. And what ends up happening is we wear our mask like armor. And that's, that's sort of the concept of what happens with Bruce Wayne. And we're going to see here in just a minute what Bruce Wayne does is he finally decides, I need to do something. We find that this man named Bane comes on the scene and he's starting to wreak havoc all over town in, in the city of Gotham. And so Batman, even though he has not dealt with his pain, even though he has not dealt with the fear of his future, he, say, he stands up, he puts his mask back on and wears it like armor, and he ends up going to where Bane is. And we see that after he goes there and he, he fights against Bane and he is easily defeated because he is weak. He is weak and he is defeated because he, he hasn't dealt with the things that made him who he was in the first two movies. And instead, he is left a weakened man. And what happens is he is left completely and badly injured and broken inside and sent to die in a merciless prison. 
Now, before we get to this le- next clip here, I want to explain something to you. We already addressed the two, the two ways that we, that we deal with pain and fear, the ways that we in unhealthily respond to them. But let me tell you something is that if you don't deal with it, if whatever it was, it could be 10 years ago, it could have been this morning, if you have something that is inside of you that you have not dealt with, something that, is, that lingers and holds you back, when you try to move on in life, it will rot you away from the inside out. I promise you, it will turn into bitterness and it will become something that will eat you from the inside out. And so when we watch this next clip, what we're going to see is while Batman, while Bruce is laying in utter pain inside of this prison, Bane comes to him and gives him insight into the reason of what is in store for Bruce. And I think that we will learn something from this, that the insight that is found for Bruce is the same for us, is that the toll that pain and turmoil and despair will truly take on us. Let's watch this clip. You don't fear that. You welcome it. Your punishment must be more severe. Torture. Yes. But not of your body. Of your soul. Where am I? Home. Where I learned the truth about despair. As will you. There's a reason why this prison is the worst hell on earth. Hope. Every man who was rotted here over the centuries has looked up to the light and imagined climbing to freedom. So easy. So simple. And like shipwrecked men turning to seawater from uncontrollable thirst. Many have died trying. I learned here that there can be no true despair without hope. So, as I terrorize Gotham, I will feed its people hope to poison their souls. I will let them believe that they can survive so that you can watch them clambering over each other to stay in the sun. You can watch me torture an entire city. And then when you truly understood the depth of your failure, we will fulfill Razagul's destiny. We will destroy Gotham. And then, when it is done, and Gotham is... ashes. Then you have my permission to die. This is exactly what happens to us. I think we find ourselves in a prison. We feel like we're locked away in a, or at least part of us is locked away in a place where we can't get out. And we have hope. I mean, that's what Bain was saying. He says, the thing about this prison is that it seems so simple to just climb out and to free yourself. That hope is the thing that actually is the, the downfall of every person who doesn't deal with the reason they're in the prison in the first place. Is that... It will rot away at you. You have to deal with the thing that is inside of you that has caused you pain, the thing that's causing divisions in your relationships. You have to deal with them. And ultimately, if you don't, 
you will be left to die in that place. And that's what, that's what the enemy wants for us, is to not move forward. The enemy wants us to, be, to remember so that we cannot become the people that God wants us to be. Fear and despair do nothing but destroy and rot away at your soul. And over time, you develop hope that you can go on and live life like a normal person and maybe survive the pain or the fear of what, you know, the future of our failures, getting past whatever it is for you. We think that we can sort of just push it away. And maybe if I get far enough away from it, that it'll be okay. But it's a lie. And ultimately, it will consume you until you are nothing and everything around you is gone. And I'm here to tell you today that this is not how God wants you to live. This is not how God wants me to live, not what God wants for any of us. He has a plan for us. He doesn't want us to stay in this place of sadness, this place of pain. And I'm not trying to paint a picture like we're all depressed, sad individuals who have nothing going for us. What I'm trying to say is I believe that most of us, if not all of us, are carrying something that we have not dealt with. Something that needs to be addressed and is holding us back from being the people that, that God wants us to be. And so well, for just the next few minutes, we're going to explore a passage of Scripture that I believe is just critical to this concept. If you have your Bibles, would you pull them out and turn to uh, Numbers chapters 13 and 14? If you have a tablet, I encourage you to pull that out as well and turn it on, open your Bible app, and go to Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. What we had here was that God had taken the Israelite people from Egypt. They were in slavery. Most of you know that story because of the Prince of Egypt or the Moses story where God, in dramatic fashion, he liberates his people from Egypt and takes them across the desert and brings them to this river called the Jordan River. And across the river is what God says, this is your promised land. This is the land that I have promised to you. Okay, And, and this is the place that we now know the rest of the Old Testament after that is really about the people of, of Israel living in that land and obeying God and sometimes disobeying him. And, and, and it all revolves around this place that God wanted them to live, this future place. Well, they get there, and what they do is they send out 12 spies. Now, some of you know this story. So Moses says, we're going to send 12 uh, leaders, 12 men from the leaders of each of the tribes of, of Israel and send them into this new land to scout it out and to sort of see what the, what the land was like and come back and give a report. Well, they're gone for 40 days and they come back and they say, Moses, this land truly is incredible. They're, the fruit, like it's, it's so huge. They're, there's plenty of lush pastures. There's just an amazing place. God has really truly taken us to a place and given us a future that is incredible for us. But 10 of the 12 spies that came back and said, yes, while the land is amazing, they also said, but there are giants there. There are huge people. There is no way that we can even take this land. There is no way that we should even bother being in this land. Ten of them, of the twelve that went, came back and said, there is no way, this is not right. God's plan for us must be somewhere else. This cannot be the right place. There's no way for us. But two of them stood up and said, no, this is where God has for us. This is the future that God has for us. Let's go. And this is where we're going to pick up our story right here. Numbers 13, 31. And into verse 4 of chapter 14, let's read together. It says, But the other men who had explored the land with, with Caleb and Joshua disagreed. They said, We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we have traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there, they said. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. 
the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Doesn't our problems make us feel like grasshoppers sometimes? And that's what they thought too. That means that the problems looked at them and said, yeah, you guys are small, I can squish you. Verse 1 of chapter 14 then says, Then the whole community, this is what happens. It spreads. The bad news, the fear, the pain, it spreads into everything else. It says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses, the leaders, and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Egypt, the place where they were in slavery. Then they plotted amongst themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Now, this is an incredible example of a people who were stuck in the past. They were so reminded of their pain that they have gone through that they thought that they were crushed and could never move beyond it. So much so that they knew that God brought them. They just, not too long ago, had been delivered from Egypt in dramatic fashion, the ten plagues, and they went through the Red Sea where the the sea was parted, and they, they saw the amazing power and miracle of God operating in their lives And they were so afraid when they got there and they heard a report of men who said, there's giants in that land. They were stuck in the past. They couldn't get beyond and think about what the future could be like. And I think that's us. I think we find ourselves in these places and whatever, maybe not all of life, but in that place, in that thing that you failed at, in that thing that caused you embarrassment, in that relationship that you were hurt by, whatever it is, you feel like, I don't think that that I can move forward or that maybe I'm ever destined to have the good thing that God wants for me. Maybe I'm just destined to always be in these messed up relationships. Maybe I'm I'm just never going to get a good job. Maybe I'm always going to struggle financially. Whatever it is for you, that pain, that thing that reminds you, that pattern that you have operated in because of the things that have happened to you, we act like the Israelites in that moment when God brings us to the precipice of the thing he wants for us, and we say, we can't do it. I can't do it. But thank God, thank God there were two other men in that party, Caleb and Joshua. They wanted more than their past. And this is what they said in verses 6 through 9 of Numbers. Follow along with me here. Two of the men who explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. And that was like a sign of just complete anger and sadness. It's like, what are you doing? That would be like, that would be like throwing your cell phone against the wall, saying, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Verse 7, they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Well, what a stark difference. What an amazing difference in in outlook. 
two men, two young men were willing and said, I know what God has for us. I know that the God who brought us out of Egypt would not bring us here to die. He knew it. They knew it. And because of his trust, because of their trust in God and their willingness to let go of the past, Joshua went on to lead the Israelite people across the Jordan River and into the promised land. And so there are a few things that I think we can learn from Joshua and Caleb just right out of this passage, just a couple quick things. And I think this could be encouraging for you and it could be encouraging for all of us. Whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever it is that's holding you back, I want to overcome it today. And I believe that during our response time this morning that God is going to break some chains off of people. I'm believing that this morning, I'm believing that this morning I was praying before service and I will tell you there have been things that have been coming up today that I've just been, you ever noticed how like when when you know that God is doing something, there are attacks or there are bumps that come along the way that try to keep that from happening. Today is that day. There have been things, little things here and there that have just been coming up and trying to distract me or distract other people in our church or even us in the congregation this morning. I want to dial in today. I'm challenging you, dial into this next place because I believe that God wants to take that thing, whatever it is, and I'm believing that he wants to break that. He wants to begin the process of moving you forward into the future. If you want that today, stick with me. Number one, things to learn from Joshua and Caleb. God has a beautiful future for each of us. We find in verse six that Joshua said this. He said, the land is wonderful. It's flowing with milk and honey. God wants more for you. He wants more for me. He doesn't want us to stay the rotted out tree. He doesn't want us to live in our past. He doesn't want to let us to sit there. He wants us to move forward. Yes, the thing hurts. Yes, the thing that caused us that pain and that grief was there. And we have to deal with it and face it. But don't fall into the trap that just because it happened to you or has happened a few times doesn't mean that it will repeat itself or that it has to repeat itself. There is a beautiful future for each of us. Just like God had a beautiful future for those people, he has a beautiful future for each of us. The second thing we can learn from Joshua and Caleb is that God promises to get us there. Not only is it there, he didn't just take us to the edge of this massive cliff and say, hey, look at that beautiful town over there I created. They're lucky they get to live there, but you get to stare at it. That's not what God did. God promises to get us there. Verse 8 says he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. The promises of God are true for all time. Whatever God says he will do for you, whatever he wants to do for us, he promises to bring it. And not just get us there, he will get us there safely. So we we have to be willing to see it. God, I know that you want for me. I believe it. I might not even see it right now. I might not, my mind might not even be able to comprehend it. The thing that you want for me, the goodness that you have in store for me, because all I felt in my life has been frustration. All I felt in this situation has been, has been butting my head up against the wall. Like I just can't get beyond it, but I trust. I trust. I believe that you, that you have a beautiful future in store. I mean, that's, that's part of why I tell you to read Scripture over and over again is because it's so important. You cannot fight the, all the patterns of your life until you stand on truth. And you cannot stand on the promises of God and the truth of God if you're not reading Scripture. You have to read it, get it inside of you, and stand on it because, because this is the process. If I'm struggling, and if you're struggling right now in this place of that thing, whatever it is, and I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not, I'm not fast enough, I don't have enough money, 
I can't, I don't deserve life. I don't deserve this relationship. Whatever it is, if you're standing there, you have no weapon to fight against it until you stand on truth and say, God, I can't see it, but I believe you have a beautiful future for me. That is standing on scripture. You did it for your people, Israel. You will do it for me. I pray and I believe in that. That's the beginning of moving through it. And then you say, God, I can't see it. It's hard. Help me to see it. But I trust you. I believe that you will get me there safely. Your word says you will bring me to my future. You will bring me to that place. I believe it. You see what I'm saying? Do you see how we translate a story into truth and how we apply it in our lives? God has a beautiful future for each of us. He promises to get us there. And this is one, this is why I love it. Because we're tempted to carry our fear and our pain with us. In verse 9, he says, don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. So here's the third one. God is bigger than our past and our fears. He's bigger than them. I mean, 10 of those Israelite spies came back and said, there are giants in the land and we are like grasshoppers to them. But Caleb and Joshua believing that God has a better future for them, believing that God will safely bring them there, but knowing that God is bigger than those giants, bigger than their fears. He's bigger than the Red Sea. He was bigger than the Pharaoh and the empire of Egypt. So much so that that passage of scripture says that to God, the people in the promised land were like helpless prey to him. I mean, think about that for a second. The God of the universe, the one who created the earth, the one who rose the mountains up like one of those toys where you put your hand underneath of it and the the little metal pieces go up and form. That's what God did to create this place. He stood there and just raised mountains up with his hand. He is so incredibly powerful that that it just paints this picture that there is nothing in this world that he cannot control. Our situations, if we would just allow him to have control in our lives, if we would follow him and stand on on his truth and on his promises, he promises that he is bigger and will destroy all of the opposition in our way. Just like it's helpless prey. It's like a gazelle in Africa and the the, the lion just, it has no chance against that lion. That's what it's like. The problems cannot stand in the way of a God who is on the move. And when God says, this is what I have for you, there is nothing that can stop it. So remember, remember that. So back to Bruce. So last time we saw him, he was beaten, he was hurt. He tried to move on from life. He tried to move on from his pain and do the right thing. He tried to be the man that he once was and was defeated because he didn't deal with it, because he went in with an arrogance. He wore his mask like armor and thought it would protect him. And so Bruce tries under his own strength to get out of the prison. He even builds his muscle, and the doctor there says, why do you build your body? Why do you do that? He tries his best to just get himself strong. He heals his back after time. He becomes strong and he trains and eventually he tries to make the climb up the wall. But he falls every time. Every time. And this is us. Until we truly deal with the issue at heart, the problem. We will never truly be able to be strong enough. We can never be, go to enough psychology classes. We can never take enough, read enough self-help books or go to enough seminars. We can never have enough friends. We can never go to church enough 
and deal with these things properly until, until we really allow God to work in our hearts and we will fail to continue to move on every time. There was a line in the movie where the, where the man says to him, the leap to freedom is not about strength. He says it's not about strength. It's not about our effort. It's not about our abilities in this world to be able to become free of the pain and the struggles. And he says fear is why you fail. Fear is why we fail. We hold on to it. And the doctor then tells him that he has to face his fear and the pain before he can make it out. He has to climb and he has to make the leap without the rope. Without the rope. And that rope represents our anger, it represents our fear, it represents our pain. We've got to let it go. Before we can finally make it out and make that leap to faith, to freedom, the thing that holds us back, we've got to deal with it, we've got to let it go, and we cannot carry it with us anymore. And so Bruce finally realizes that that issue, that was what was holding him back, and he makes the climb without the rope, and he finds freedom and can move on. So my question to you today is, what is it that is holding you back? What is it? That rope, that's what it did. Every time they would try to make the jump from the one space to that ledge where they would be able to get freedom. The thing that was holding them back was the rope. They thought that the rope was the thing that was keeping them. Most of us, when we carry this pain, when we carry this frustration with us, it's almost fuel for us. It's a false fuel, and it leaves off this horrible corrosion in our lives. But the thing that we thought was giving us safety, that holding us true to life, is actually the thing that holds us back. And when finally we let it go, when we deal with the problem, when we deal with it, when Bruce let go of the pain, when he realized that he did the right thing and he had to move forward, he was able to get out. And the same is true for each of us. What is it that's holding you back in your life? What is the rope that's holding you inside of your prison of fear and pain? And I can promise you that God does not want us to live in that place. I mean, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to show us that we can have freedom. But oftentimes he comes and he opens the prison door and he takes the chains off of us and we sit there in that prison cell and we live there because we can't imagine. We've forgotten what the world was supposed to be like. The great news about Jesus is that he helps us past our fear. He helps us face our pasts. He helps us let go of it and begin to heal. We don't forget. I'm not saying that you forget what happened, but I'm saying that we don't let it control you anymore. And this is the thing about it. And I know, guys, I know this is sort of a heavy, heavy message, but I want freedom. I don't want to be held back by the things that have, that have held me. I don't want to be held back by the chains in my life. Some of them are big, some of them are small, and I don't know what they are for you, but we can try everything, every single trick in the book to get free of the things that hold us and the things that define us, the things that shape us, the things that we do withdraw from and the ways that we pretend that we're okay. But the only thing that can really help us beyond it is Jesus, is faith in him. We have to let him help us. We have to let him help us. And so at the end of the movie, Batman was able to rise up and fulfill his purpose and save the city. He was able to become the man. He was able to become the hero. He was able to become what his city needed. And because he overcame the pain of his past and the fear of his future, he was able to find the peace 
that we're all searching for. Let's watch this last clip together. I see the lives for which I lay down my life, peaceful, useful, prosperous, and happy. I see that I hold a sanctuary in their hearts and in the hearts of their descendants, generations hence. It is a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. It is a far, far better rest that I go to than I have ever known. He was reading a passage out of a book called The Tale of Two Cities, and he's talking about this peace that was available for him, for Batman, for Bruce, and for, even for Gordon and for the people who were there, as well as the city of Gotham. And that's the thing that is available to all of us. There is a peace. The storm that rages inside of you, the storm that rages inside of me because of the problems in life, because of the pain, because of the things that happen. I mean, I'm not trying to paint this picture like our world is, that, that our lives are so messed up. Some of, for some of us, it is. But for some of us, I think we pretend all the time that things are better than they really are. And so I just wanted to paint a picture for you of the peace that is available. Maybe, maybe you have been dealing with this thing for so long that you have forgotten that there is even anything available, that there is, that you can live a life of peace, that God has a great future for you. He does. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today to, to, to believe that God has a beautiful future for you, that he promises to get you there, and that he is bigger than any of the problems that will come in your way. He doesn't want you to stay in this place anymore. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to be able to find freedom and find peace and have rest for your soul. And so the challenge today is this, is to let go of the rope. Whatever it is that is holding you back, the anger, the hurts, the fear, the doubt, the despair, whatever it is, that's holding you from being the person that God wants you to be, the person he believes in you to be, the person he created you to be. Whatever it is, let go of that. What is it? And so some simple things that we can do is, one, is believe in the new future. You have to believe. It's got to take a step of faith. I mean, even without the rope, he still had to make the jump. And that jump begins with believing in a future that, that is available for you. And for some of you, that's, that's taking that step of facing the issue today. For some of you, it's taking the leap of faith into a faith, into a religion, into a relationship with Jesus for the first time. God is the only one who can remove that rope and the only one who can help you make that leap. So believe in the future that God has for you. Trust in Jesus one step at a time. I know that this is not going to happen overnight. That the thing that you dealt with, that pain, that problem, it's going to rear its ugly head and a wound takes time to heal. 
And for some of us, because it's been there for so long, you may have to clean it out. And that, that's, that's hard and it's painful and you gotta face it. But I encourage you, Jesus is with you every step of the way and he will be with you. Let's just take one step at a time. Let's just believe that God has a better future for us and let's move forward in that. I think sometimes we forget this too. That we should work together through our pain and our fears with each other. We don't have to go through life alone. There is peace that is available to us and we can see it as lived out by others and friends and family and people who will help us through it. We're starting our life groups this week and that's what we want to see happen in our life groups is healing, is love, is life, is friendship. On that journey we talked about last week, there are going to be battles. There are going to be, you know, things that are going to happen. But when we go together, we can make it. We can get through it. Sometimes we are afraid to even go on the journey at all because of the things that we've been talking about today. God is calling us to greater things. He's calling us to life, abundant life. John 10.10 says, I have come to give life and life to the fullest, to life abundantly. Unless you can classify your life as being abundant, I believe there's some work that God wants to do in your heart today. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home, or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving options. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.